As David Frost used to say, hello, good evening, and welcome. Or if you managed to get into Wales this week, then hello, Nosvitha Ekreso. And my Welsh pronunciation and accent was awful there. I say if you manage to get into Wales, as today's date is the 11th of October in the year 2020, or year zero in terms of the Armageddon. If you're a foreign tourist planning on coming to the UK, it may be quite a while before you get here. Large areas of Wales are now back in lockdown, and parts of the country are starting to lock down again, as our infection rate is now higher than it ever was due to the catastrophic handling by the English government. Scotland and Northern Ireland are doing much better, so as always, I shall say, let's look at some great places to visit in those countries. And then I'll do an entire episode where everything is in the southeast of England. I honestly promise you, I am actively looking for hauntings that we can investigate in the safer parts of the UK, but unless I spell Edinburgh as Beddingborough or Dublin as Bublin, we are mostly stuck in England at the moment. The most important piece of advice at the moment is avoid anywhere that has people aged 10 to 24, as they are the biggest transmitters of this virus right now. And this week's school account for over a third of infections being spread, with more than a thousand teachers now infected in Scotland alone. Therefore, our amazing solution is to close the pubs and restaurants, those well-known haunts of 10-year-olds, and deny that schools have anything to do with it. And even though, back in March, we said we would close the schools if the infection rate got anywhere close to being as bad as it is now, we then rewrite the law and claim it was advice, not legislation. Just remember, English folks, you voted for these sociopaths. And yet again, the rant has taken over and the ghosts have faded. Come on, Ross, we've given the news. The warnings have been said. Don't touch anything, take gel, disinfectant, mask gloves, and stop listening to the rants of Ross. And instead, head to Bourne in Cambridgeshire. That's B-O-U-R-N. A great outdoor spook to try and find. And where can we find it? The Weising Art Centre. That's W-Y-S-I-N-G. Hopefully there's still an art centre. Most of the art centres, theatres and artistic institutes are weeks away from closing down permanently. So try and get there before it all disappears. If we do get there, let's look for a spook. And this one is supposedly the ghost of a farmer who wanders around the fields in the nearby area. Sadly, the descriptions do not tell me the exact location, but you may be able to track it down further by following your nose, as apparently he's accompanied by a burning smell. The ghost is said to look confused or lost and frustrated, so perhaps he's trying to find the source of the fire and the burning smell as well. Perhaps he'll keep looking until he finds the town of Bourne. This time, B-O-U-R-N-E, and it's in Lincolnshire. So from one Bourne to another, this time spelt with that E on the end of it, Thankfully, one of the most haunted locations in Bourne E is also a free location that we can get to during Lurgy lockdown. We are looking for the ancient Bourne E woods on the western outskirts of the town. These woods date back hundreds of years and have a long history of ghost sightings. Sadly, for us, we must now venture back into the black dog territory of Shucktown. Yes, another black shuck roaming around. I'm often asked where's the evidence for large beasts roaming around the countryside whenever I mean cryptid animals or alien big cats. Well, if you've read any of my books, then you'll know there are more witnesses to these creatures just in one county in England than witnesses to all the giant squid sightings in the wild. If you're lucky enough or unlucky enough, depending on your fears, then you might see this creature. If you fall into the category of being terrified, the best thing to do is walk out of the woods past the tree line, as apparently the creature will not leave the relative safety of the woods. 
So hopefully you can stand outside the woods watching, and more importantly also hearing this large cryptid creature. Some people also claim that the woods themselves create a sense of fear, and people have been too scared to walk into them, especially when they hear the growling of this demonic dog-like creature. Some people have claimed that the growling noise seems to surround them, though I'm unclear if they mean they have heard a pack of invisible dogs or they could not tell from which direction the animal was coming from. You might be lucky enough to bump into a couple who are out walking through the woods as well, and they're known as the Grey Lady and Man. Or at least that was the name I saw in reports that I've been sent, so I'm going to assume that both the lady and the man are grey, and not that the man was so boring he just had the description man. These two phantoms are supposedly wandering around the woods and spotted after dark. Perhaps they're looking for their lost large black dog. These woods are not the only haunted woodlands. If we wish to avoid these phantom doggers, then head south, as there are more haunted woodlands to the south of Bourne. Bourne with an E. These are known as Mathwood and Elseywood. These are two woods managed by the Woodland Trust. So known as Mathwood and Elseywood, they do converge. So I'm not entirely sure if both are haunted or that they are described as one. They are designated a site of special scientific interest, an SSSI. We might manage to find some witches here, or at least some semi-natural woodlands containing witch elm, as well as oak and ash, according to their website. They have a nice, rich ground flora and a good site for bird watching. Now, we could crowbar in a link here, so long as we wish to be sexist and claim that the woods are haunted by a bird, or at least a female. I know that was an awful link, but I've been taking lessons from Danny on the podcast and coming up with extremely loose links. This missing link is also known as Nancy Rutt. The local legend has it that a girl once called Nancy Rutter became pregnant by the farmer who employed her. When the villagers found out, they all banded together and shunned the local farmer for negating his responsibility, and they helped her financially and brought up the child, and that child grew up to eventually become the Prime Minister. Or, when the villagers found out she was pregnant, they completely shunned her and forced her out to live in the woodlands until a baby was born. Not particularly surprisingly, the child did not live for too long, dying in childhood. Nancy did not do well either, living out the rest of her days in the woodland as a hermit. When walking through the woodland, people have reported the feeling that they are being watched or stalked, and you can hear someone following you. These sounds are thought to be Nancy, either avoiding you or looking for her child. If we do not wish to be stood in the woods, in the dark, looking for stalkers or large creatures that could eat us, let's risk our lives by standing in the road looking for ghosts instead. Specifically, the road between Bourne, with an E, and Sleaford, the A15. Many spooks have been spotted in this vicinity, including a young girl dressed all in pink, a man in a leather jacket stood beside the road, and the sight of horses running around. Another dark figure has been seen, some form of a shadow person. Another figure seems to walk into the road, and one car apparently hit it as the ghost stumbled in front of it. The Eastgate area of Bourne has more than its fair share of sightings, and many people have claimed to see a figure around the Potter's Close area. It's described as a male figure wearing a cloak and also heading along the riverside. After some research, and some research means looking on the internet, there is evidence of a drowning that took place here, but also more death in the form of a plane crash that happened here, as well as Roman occupation and a slaughterhouse. Lots of history and trauma. Take your pick. We did find many tales about haunted houses in our research, but obviously we can't advocate knocking on people's doors with video equipment asking if you can sit in their haunted bedrooms all night. 
So instead, let's go to St. Peter's Pool in the Wellhead Gardens, which for the interested tourists which for the interested tourists among us is one of the oldest water supplies, as well as a possible site of Saxon and Norman fortifications, as well as Bourne Castle. Whilst we're here, we may be lucky enough to encounter some floating monks. Just wandering about. If you could stop one and ask what period of history is from, it would be useful, as we have no idea if we have a Roman, a Saxon, or a Norman monk, or possibly just a teenager wearing a long hoodie. In King Street, we may find our last outdoor spook. The local legend claims that this road, King Street, off the A15 near Baston, is haunted by a woman who died here in the 1970s or 80s. Sadly, this is now reported as ancient history, but to some of us, it seems like yesterday. So to all you young ghost hunters out there, let's talk about these prehistoric dark ages. Thankfully, even then, we did have cars, and I don't mean powered by steam or clockwork motors, but one such vehicle had four people in it, and they spotted the ghost and swerved to avoid hitting it. It then disappeared and vanished completely. From one story ridiculing young people, let us now head to the old age capital of England, Bournemouth, Dorset. On a totally callous level, I'm sure Bournemouth might be a lot safer to visit due to Covid specifically killing off more old people than young, so this town may already have been decimated and destroyed by the time you get here. This in turn may lead to a lot more hauntings, so a great win for the paranormal tourists and a big fail to victims of this plague and all their family members. Due to this pandemic being so deadly to the older generation, let's make sure we only send you to safe places where you can socially distance as well as wearing masks and using hand gel. I know I go on about this a lot, and if you're reading these books in the future when we've got rid of this, or you're too young to remember this, then please be aware that half the population of the UK were extremely sensible and the other half walked around pretending it was not real, and hopefully they are the ones who were killed off. Therefore, if you see ghosts that look relatively modern, please ask if they wore a mask or not. Bournemouth is one of our smuggling ghost towns, where smugglers would invent stories of curses and ghosts to try and keep people from approaching them as they did their evening's trade. Only smugglers here may have actually ended up as ghosts, as there are reports of seeing these smugglers around the St Andrew's Church area on Millam's Lane. They are supposed to be smugglers' tunnels linking to the churchyard and other nearby buildings. Do not confuse these smuggling men with the four ghostly men that are seen wearing long coats and brimmed hats, all standing in a row, though they're seen in the upper gardens and not that long ago, so we might have an active spook or a collection of street performers being rather unimaginative human statues. More woodland spooks, this time in Talbot Woods, and guess what? Another phantom black dog or shuck. The description is that it's larger than a St. Bernard dog and tends to stalk around, as you seem to be able to see it in your peripheral vision. This makes me think that it's not really there, but the witnesses also claim that you can hear its claws scraping the ground as it walks along behind you. This may also be the cryptid or alien black cat that's been spotted as late in the West Cliff Road area. With one resident seeing it on their patio, these sightings have been happening for many years, and with people having stayed indoors and travelled around a lot less, these animals are encroaching more and more into towns, as proved by the deer that I saw outside my window, and I live less than a mile from the centre of town. About my favourite invasion of animals happened in Clendudno, North Wales, when all the mountainside goats came down and started eating everyone's gardens. Borton on the Water, Gloucestershire. We've recently talked about the Witchcraft Museum in Boscastle. Well, here we have a genuine link into this episode, as this was the original site of the museum before they moved to Cornwall. 
For the tourist amongst us, you may have visited Borton, and I can honestly say, as beautiful a town as this is, during tourist season, it is horrible, as you cannot move or park or even find somewhere to get food without queuing for a decade or two. One interesting thing you can do as a tourist is go on a website, bloodyborton.co.uk, as they give great history walking tours all about the macabre, haunted history of the area, including stories of cannibalism within the town and even the ghost of a brick which haunts one of the tea rooms. Please check the website for details, as sometimes they only run if pre-booked, especially during this lurgy lockdown period. So I will not regale us of too many tales, as I would prefer it if you went along and had a great couple of hours doing a tourist event that we can actually keep on doing even with COVID. But let's give you at least one story. More humanoid figures this time in another churchyard, this time St Lawrence's. This figure is said to be a hooded monk-like figure that disappears when it gets close to you. The good thing about this one is that you can actually hear its footsteps as well, so hopefully enough warning to run away if terrified. I have one report from March 2014 that was at about 20 past 10 in the evening. There were two brothers taking photographs of the church one night when they heard footsteps approaching them on the gravel. They then both moved aside to allow the person to pass, but it quickly became apparent that nobody was anywhere near them. The brothers could then see a faint outline of a strange hooded figure that was coming closer towards them, though it vanished when it was about six feet away. The footsteps also ceased, and the brothers were left in silence. These two were not hardened ghost hunters, for if they were, I would now be talking about the photograph that they took, but it seemed they were too confused or scared to think about raising the lens and pressing the button. Broughton, Northamptonshire. I have no idea how to pronounce this one. Is it Bufton, uh, Bowton, Bowton, or Borton? Oh, the joys of the English language. We'll probably find out it's pronounced Swindon or something strange along those lines. But it's B-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. So, if you fancy a paranormal experimental evening, then head to the Old Cemetery. Which implies there's also a new one. But the instructions I've been given refer to the Cemetery of Historic Import, Before you go, make sure you have some form of videoing or recording equipment, as apparently the cries of a young girl can be heard. These cries are apparently not necessarily audible whilst you're present, but on playing back the recordings they become audible. On the playback, investigators claim they can hear the young female voice apologising over and over again for some unknown committed crime. Bovingdon, Hertfordshire. Here we go again. Is it Bovingdon or Bovingdon or even Am I Bothered? Yes, of course I'm bothered. Otherwise, I would not be hanging around in Box Lane trying to capture the strange gleaming entity that is said to float around in these parts. No idea what it is, where it came from, or what it's doing there, but feel free to send us the pictures of these strange glowing entities that you've managed to capture. Even better, try and get it into a glass jar and use it as a torch for future investigations. The future investigation you might need it for is not too far away, as we venture into the churchyard. This is yet another one of those extremely vague ghost stories that I've been handed about this area, as it seems that there's been a great deal of bloodshed within the churchyard, and strange figures and noises are seen and heard, apparently. Bowers Gifford in Essex. Bowers Gifford is a small village in southern Essex, England, near Basildon. It was rather well defended during World War II, as you can still find pillboxes in the surrounding fields defending the Thames estuary, which it overlooks. The place name, Bowers Gifford, 
is first attested to in the Doomsday Book of 1086, where it appears as borough, meaning cottages from the Old English burr, which also lends its etymology to borough, burg, uh, in modern English, bower. The Gifford element relates to its lords of the manor and quite possibly to the amazing touring circus show Gifford's Circus, which contains my daughter's favourite performer, Tweedy the Clown. Gifford Circus always has an excellent live band playing, although if they came here, they may not need to, as in St. Margaret's Church, there is a phantom that plays with his organ for you. Yes, I know I'm childish and I found that funny. Uh, People have heard an organ playing when they're alone in the church or even when the building is locked up and empty. Bowes Castle, Durham. So, why is Bowes Castle so interesting to our COVID quarantined listeners? It seems as though whatever lockdowns happen, this venue can be visited, as it is within walking distance of Barnard Castle. Yes, that Barnard Castle of our Prime Minister Dominic Cummings' fame. So whatever happens, just claim you're testing your eyesight and you can meet up in groups of more than a thousand or so, especially if it's your wife's birthday. The castle has reports of Roman ghosts that may in some way refer to the fact that it was a Roman garrison at some point. So, let's look at the history. Bows Castle stands on the original site of Lavatory. Yes, I said a word that sounds a lot like a toilet. Let's all grow up and stop thinking of lavatorial humour. The Romans built their fortified lavatory. Nope, can't do it. Still sounds funny. To protect the road across the Pennine Mountains. The fort was built way back in the first century and was occupied right up until the fourth century. The modern-day Bowes Castle was built in 1136 by Alan the Red, Count of Brittany, who also owned Richmond Castle, a bit too far away to walk right now, but also haunted. Bowes Castle has been the site of a fair bit of bloodshed in its lifetime, with it having been besieged as early as 1173 by King William of Scotland. There, I've somehow managed to cram in a Scottish reference, but unfortunately we're not in Scotland. It was apparently so badly damaged during the siege that it needed rebuilding in 1187. Yet due to the north of England being devastated by attacks from the Scots between 1314 and 1322, Bowes Castle was reported to be in ruins by 1325. The present ruins of the castle consist of the remains of the keep, surrounded by two sides of the remains of the original inner moat. There are also a few bits of what's left of the original bailey wall. Now, We get to the interesting spooky stuff. Near the end of the Roman occupation in England, the Roman garrison stationed at Lavatory, I can't say it, raided the local villages and stole all their gold and other valuables. The angry locals, quit rather aggrieved at this situation, got together and launched an attack on the fort. After pulling up a brave fight, the garrison was defeated and they were all slaughtered. However, the Romans had already buried the treasure and the locals had rather inconveniently slaughtered anyone who knew where the gold was. And so it was never found. The gold has never been recovered. And for all we know, as you read this book, stood in the castle, you might be stood directly above a fortune in looted gold. On the anniversary of the massacre, the ghosts of the murdered garrison are said to appear at Bowes Castle to ritually bury their stolen gold and treasure. There are regular sightings of a large, dark shadow moving around the castle, and with so much bloodshed and loss of life at this place over the last 2,000 years, is it any surprise that this place is haunted? And now, a quick collection of boxes to finish out this week's episode, starting at Box Hill in Somerset. 
I'm not entirely sure how we go about investigating this one, so let's give an extremely quick summary of the tale. It was February 2011, and four men were working. That in itself may be shocking, but what happened next is definitely more shocking. They were working as part of an ultrasonics gang, and no, that is not a rather boring superhero gang. It is, however, what they were doing when working on the Box Hill Tunnel at the eastern end. They all heard a female voice moaning at the mouth of the east exit at the tunnel. Rather bemused, they assumed someone was playing a trick, until, that is, one of the workmen shone his torch up the hill and spotted a woman in what looked like a nightdress, and that she was staring down at them. This would have been frightening in itself, but the figure then just vanished in front of them. This one incident could be put down to some strange trick of the light, or even a lovely dinner of hallucinogenic mushrooms. However, this is not the only sighting, and the same company claimed to have had at least six others who have had a similar experience. Now let's open box number two, Boxmore, Hertfordshire. A quick spoiler alert for anyone using a Ouija board. This is the ghost you are looking for. Robert Snooks. He was the last man to be executed in England for highway robbery back on the 11th of March in 1802. Robert was born in Hungerford in Berkshire, and he was actually christened as James Snooks on the 16th of August 1761. The fact that his name is commonly quoted as Robert Snooks is perhaps due to a corruption of his identity as the robber Snook, in the same way that Robin Hood may be his descriptive term and not an actual name. The English language is full of these names, such as Cooper, Fletcher, Smith, etc., all a form of retro-nominative determinism. Anyway, if you're doing a Ouija board over his grave, then it is paranormal experiment time. It is claimed that if the grave is circled and you call out his name, he will appear. If at first you don't succeed, then try his real name as well. You've nothing to lose but your souls. So, will we take the deal or open the next box? The next box it is, Boxstead, Essex. Sorry, Ouija board users, another spoiler alert. Here comes the name of the spook we are looking for. Betty Potter. The orphan child who was left to grow up in a family of muggles who disapproved of her witchcraft and kept her locked in a cupboard under the stairs until Hagrid arrived... Wait a minute, I think I may have Tom's research notes here and not mine. We need to find the bend in the road close to Boxted Road known as Betty Potter's Dip. Ideally on the 21st of October. Sadly, yes, it is another calendar ghost, as she is supposedly seen at about midnight. She actually was a witch, and it may be that not only did the Dursleys object, but so did the local judiciary, as she was hanged from a nearby tree for dabbling in occult practices. A lovely story to finish us off as we're preparing for our Halloween episodes in a couple of weeks. Don't forget, you can still email us, find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can even get bonus content, including all our Paranormal Tourist books, also available on Amazon, by becoming Patreon supporters. We'll give you more details of that very soon, so keep your eyes peeled by joining our Facebook supporters and share our podcast everywhere. I would love to tell you more, but that is definitely the sound of Frankenstein's lobster's ukuleles strumming away at the theme tune, so I have only got time to say, stay safe, stay sane, and keep spook spotting. Goodbye!